I was a little surprised that John Elway didn't take a QB who could double as a small forward in the NBA due to his height. Welcome to the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got a big episode on tap for you. We're coming off the NFL Draft, and it was a very, very exciting time, especially for a couple Cowboys in particular. We're going to talk about those guys, some of the guys that went undrafted from the University of Wyoming, as well as talk about some of the guys from the Mountain West Conference that were drafted. We'll also be joined by Michael Katz who's the Wyoming football beat writer and Wyoming men's basketball beat writer for Wyo Sports. What better place to talk to somebody from Wyo Sports than on the Wyo Sports podcast? Am I right? First, though, Robert, how are you doing today? Terrific. Great. You know, Mr. Drafts, another day in quarantine. Yeah, the best thing to happen so far during this quarantine was the NFL draft, was it not? Seems to be the best thing that has happened in months, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. The excitement on draft day was unbelievable. I mean, I was doing laps in my living room, running around. I was so excited. There was some semblance of live sports on TV again. There was something to look forward to. I didn't have to find something to binge on Netflix or Hulu. I just sat down, plopped down melted into the couch, and occasionally jumped up in jubilation. When was it that you jumped up jubilation? You know that I threw down a few NFL draft prop bets, and uh, they all hit, so I was jumping up after each and every one hit. You know, that I was sweating bullets on five because I, I really wasn't sure if the Dolphins were going to take Tua, but I did put my money <laughs> On the Dolphins to take two, so that was uh, that was a bit stressful there. You knew they're going to take him. I uh, told you about the Miami shoes he was wearing. That's a sign right there. Yeah, the Miami shoes. They they definitely gave me a little more confidence as I was putting that bet in. But I was still I was still really nervous, <laughs> more nervous than I should have been, honestly. But it it was a lot of fun. The fact that it was only three days and there's not like a redraft this weekend kind of bums me out because we're hearing some good news that live sports may be coming back sooner rather than later, but still nothing really official on the horizon. And Who knows when the next sporting event is going to be, you know? Yeah, who knows? Uh, NBA is looking a little bit promising now, right? MLB's. Trying to do some weird things, some different things. I don't know if necessarily weird, but different indeed. Yeah, both sports are going to have to get creative to get the rest of the season for the NBA and start the season for MLB to get them going. I'm hoping that they start up soon. We'll see. I don't know. But right now, we have something that actually happened, as promised, they ignored the haters. They put on the NFL draft. They did it virtually. I must say, other than 
all of the tragic deaths that seemingly happen to one out of every three NFL prospects, probably more, maybe two out of three, I'm not sure. I really enjoyed getting the sneak peek into Roger Goodell's basement while he was still in it. He definitely was fading there by the end of Friday. He was really fading. Did you enjoy him leaning back, reclining in his chair? Or were you like, come on, man? I thought it made him seem human. You know, he obviously had had too many M&Ms, got really high on that sugar, and then just crashed. He needed to lean back in that chair. He looked really goofy, really goofy sitting in that chair. But I'm not sure if it was because, like, maybe somebody said, well, when you lean forward, you look like a monster which we weren't privy to that angle. So it was just like, you know, look like a goofus. Just be comfortable. A little too comfortable. Yeah, he definitely, he looked like, you know, he looked more comfortable sitting in that chair than Michael Jordan does in The Last Dance. Yeah, that's a solid comparison there. (laughs) Yeah, so let's get into this NFL draft stuff from the Wyoming perspective. Logan Wilson was drafted on Friday. He heard his name called by Roger Goodell before Goodell had, I think, fallen half asleep because he was the first pick of the third round at 65th overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. Definitely a cool moment. You and I were texting back and forth, and we were freaking out. We were pumped up, man. It was it was awesome. I did not. Lewis Riddick had put it out there that he wouldn't be surprised if he would slide into the first round. Then I saw some things where maybe he's going in the second round, but it was pretty firm that he was going to go in the third round, but it didn't seem like he was going to go first in the third round. So it was really cool to see him at 65. I was like, I wasn't really paying attention to the TV, and I look over and I hear Logan Wilson. I'm like, what, what, what? Holy moly. Let's go pokes, baby. There's some serious poke pride swelling in me. How about you, Robert? What was your reaction? First of all, got to give a shout-out to ESPN for putting East High School on the screen there, showing East High School getting dominated by Logan in his high school days. But, yeah, it's going to be good for the Bengals. They're going to need someone who can stop Lamar Jackson and that RPO offense up there in the AFC North, huh? They're going to need good linebackers. A lot of people are really high on Logan Wilson, so good pick by them, you know? You know how much I uh, love the Wyoming representation everywhere. and Logan's just a perfect example of all of that, and it's going to be big time when she say so. We had talked about whether or not he had been, whether or not he would be a starter coming out, but given that, given the fit with the Bengals, I think that he's going to be a day one starter. I mean, he's going to walk in there in Cincinnati and be a part of the starting 11 on defense and hopefully contribute to a team that's, you know, better than the worst team in the NFL. (laughs) They're on the rise, it looks like. Bengals are on the rise. They certainly are. And then the other pick in the NFL draft out of the University of Wyoming went to a team that's usually at the very, very top of the NFL, Cash Malawiya. Possibly a really good spot for Cash. Jacob Hollister got his start with the Pats. He was undrafted out of the University of Wyoming. 
New England is known for their defense. I'm not sure they're going to be great next year. Seems like they might be low-key trying to tank, given that they are either handing over the quarterback keys to Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham. Not two guys who seem poised to light the world on fire. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I can never see the patch tanking. I don't know. I think that's a nice pick there. Nice little location for cash to go to. Nice team, nice organization. Jared Mayo, linebackers coach. The Pats produce great linebackers. And, I mean, part of the reason is because they just develop their players, right? Yeah, they're known for player development, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Bill Belichick is a wizard when it comes to defense. I mean, the Pats have always been known for Tom Brady bailing them out, but you don't get to the Super Bowl without having a good defense. Aaron Rodgers will tell you that. Aaron Rodgers will tell you that. Speaking of Rodgers, is he upset Jordan Love was taken by the Packers in the first round? Yeah, Jordan Love out of Utah State was the first player from the Mountain West Conference taken at 26 overall by those Green Bay Packers. And Rodgers has to be livid, absolutely livid. I mean, you you come one game away from the Super Bowl, from appearing in the Super Bowl, and you think, oh, maybe we're just a receiver or, you know, a tight end offensive playmaker away because they had a great defense last year, but they didn't really have much of a much of an offense. Whether or not that can be attributed to Rodgers' decline or he was throwing to Devontae Adams and a bunch of nobodies, I'm not sure, but Jordan Love coming off there in the first round, Rodgers has to be pissed, and I would be scratching my head if I was a Green Bay Packers fan. Obviously, this is kind of the blueprint that led to Rodgers taking over in their run of success, leading them to one Super Bowl. But Rodgers Rodgers is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Brett Favre, I don't think, was ever in the discussion of greatest ever certainly one of the most entertaining quarterbacks of all time. He's certainly a top 10 quarterback of all time, but we're not talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. You saying we'll have to save this discussion for another time as this is the wild sports podcast, but Rogers as the goat, you have to, you have to persuade me on that one. Going back to Jordan Love, though, is he going to be good? He'll have every opportunity to be good in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur is known as an offensive guy, even though it now seems that Aaron Rodgers isn't getting along with him. He didn't really make Marcus Mariota any better in Tennessee, but maybe the guy that he needed all along was Jordan Love. Maybe we're watching... Love at first sight in the NFC North. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Maybe Rodgers will end up on the patch somehow, some way. Jordan Love is poised to, you know, succeed whenever he is given the green light to take over. The Packers lack a ton of offensive weapons, but they drafted a running back in the second round, and they also drafted a tight end. Jordan Love probably won't play next season, though. 
and probably won't play the season after that. So we may forget that Jordan Love even exists before we even see him play on an NFL field, you know? That's exactly what's going to happen. Talking about the Mountain West players getting drafted in the 2020 NFL draft, Curtis Weaver kind of defensive end from Boise State. He kind of fell down a little bit, right? When Boise State and Wyoming faced off against each other during the regular season this past year, they were hyping up Curtis Weaver as a potential first-round pick. They really, really believed that he was going to be a first-round guy, and to see him fall all the way to the fifth round, it's pretty remarkable. He ended up in Miami, but that is not where I would have figured he would have gone. Honestly, I thought he was a day-two guy. I thought that him and Logan would be picked somewhere in the third round. He's a monster. He is an absolute monster. He terrorized the Mountain West Conference. Pretty sure that he is the all-time sack leader for the conference. And to see him slide all the way to the fifth, that was quite the surprise. It was quite the surprise. I know that he did not have the greatest combine, though, so that could be definitely be key into why he was taken so late in the draft. That's fair. This wild pre-draft experience with the canceled pro days and the inability to go into facilities and visit made it tough if you didn't have a good combine to recover. A few schools got their pro days in, notably Wyoming did, but I'm not sure about Boise State. He was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, though, and to say he got, you know, drafted behind a couple of other defensive prospects from the Mountain West just goes to show he did fall down the draft stock. Yeah, he. it was mostly talked about how his technique was so sound and he was powerful and he's really slow. So you got to be fast, as we've talked about on previous pods, to make it in the NFL to be a professional athlete. Your power from the Mountain West to the NFL, that might be something that scouts were skeptical on whether or not it would translate. Who knows? Maybe he ends up having a great career like Cameron Wake down in Miami. Wake was in the CFL before he landed with the Dolphins and has had a remarkable career as a defensive end. So the jury is still out. I think that he'll still be a pretty good NFL player, even if he's just a situational pass rusher. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, David. Uh, any other Mountain West draftees you kind of kind of caught your attention, caught your eye? The only other guy, because I can't speak about offensive linemen. Three offensive linemen from the conference were, ended up getting drafted. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what an offensive lineman does good and doesn't do well. As long as they don't let the quarterback get sacked, they're doing their job, but I have no idea how to determine it, whether or not they're doing it well or not. I just listen to what scouts say. The one guy who did surprise me, and he only surprised me because... Anthony Gordon from Washington State wasn't also selected. It was definitely surprising to hear Cole McDonald's name called the QB from Hawaii. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Tennessee Titans. He was good. He was a really good college player. He put up huge numbers, which isn't that uncommon for somebody who's gone to Hawaii. 
but I'm not sure how many quarterbacks, if there's ever been a single one from the University of Hawaii who have gone on to have NFL success. It is pretty interesting to see the gunslinger go to the Titans because it's not what they rely on, is it? wouldn't say so, you know. Hand the ball to Derrick Henry. In college, you saw some sneaky athleticism out of Cole McDonald, which is not too different from Ryan Tannehill. I don't think many people would call him a great athlete, but he is a surprisingly good one. Wide receiver turned quarterback has to be some sort of athlete there. Shout out Texas A&M, baby. Any surprises for you out of the Mountain West Conference, either draftees or guys that didn't get drafted? Guys who didn't get drafted, I mean, I thought Elijah Halliburton was going to go. I, I really did. He's, he's, we talked about it last week. I talked about why I thought he was going to get drafted. Um, surprised was Natani Muti from Fresno State, the guard who went to the Broncos. I know a lot of, I saw a lot of scouts had him as a third round pick. So when the Broncos, they need, you know, they need that offensive line position. They need to build it up, get that depth there. It's going to be a solid pick for the Broncos. And ultimately, he may take over Dalton Reisner's spot as a starter. He could potentially, no, not Glasgow, but he's going to be solid in there. He's going to get reps. He's going to play a lot. and He's going to open holes up for the Broncos running backs. Yeah, those are all good points about Muti. I have no idea when it comes to offensive linemen, like I said. But we'll get more into the Denver Broncos draft after this conversation with Michael Katz, who covers Wyoming men's basketball and the Wyoming football team for Wyo Sports. He's a good guy, and we really appreciate him joining us. Glad to get him on the pod this early. We talked a little bit about the NFL draft with him, as well as what happened to spring football? What's the deal there? Spring football has a big impact on what happens in the fall, so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about that. And we'll talk Denver Broncos draft after this. Very excited now to be joined by the Wyoming men's basketball and Wyoming football beat writer for Wyo Sports, Michael Katz. Michael, how's it going today? I'm good. How are you guys? You know, I can't complain. Just living that quarantine life, living my best life, you know. Exactly. Just trying to take it a day at a time. No doubt, no doubt. That helps lead me into my first question, actually. With this quarantine and everything that's going on, what's it been like to be a sports writer right now? I mean, there are no games, no press conferences, things that are normally going on. You might have limited access compared to how it had been. So what's it like? What's it like being a sports writer during COVID-19 and quarantine? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said uh, it hadn't been a little bit weird. Uh, You know, we're so used to, you know, shaking hands and being on campus and having that face-to-face interaction. And so, you know, not having that is a little bit weird. Uh, I know for me, I, I definitely prefer that over phone calls and texts and all that stuff. But it's been a lot of, uh, not as many Zoom calls as I thought, you know, a few here and there, but uh, just a lot of a lot of phone calls. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll give Wyoming credit for is, you know, they've been really helpful in, in getting me in touch with the people I need to get in touch with, uh, whether it's, you know, Tom Berman or Craig Bull or, 
you know, whoever it may be. So, uh, you know, getting the access hasn't been a problem, but it is weird talking to, you know, these guys that you're usually like in a press conference with, uh, you know, on the phone, you know, one-on-one or, or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit weird uh, looking for stories because there isn't necessarily a lot going on on the surface. But, you know, this, this whole situation has, you know, created uh, a bunch of storylines that I don't think anybody could have seen coming. So, you know, in a way, it's, it's been challenging because they're not, you know, they're not gamers in, in the typical stories that I'd be writing. But there are a lot of stories that have kind of taken a, you know, a different direction than I would have thought. And it's been, it's been a weird experience, you know, tracking those down. But, you know, I, I think that in, in, in difficult times, you're going to have to write those difficult stories. And at the end of the day, uh, it all kind of goes under the beat. So, you know, definitely haven't been bored. I'll say that there's, there's been a lot going on and I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to have things to write about. At least you're staying busy there. You did have the opportunity to write about the big news over the past week in Logan, obviously getting drafted to the Bengals. What are your final thoughts on him going to Cincinnati and joining the AFC North up there and everything? Yeah, I mean, I, so I, um, I, I was in touch with a, uh, uh, one of the sports directors up in Cincinnati, and basically his, what he told me is their linebackers were just really, really bad. Uh, you know, this past year, they basically needed a whole new, really a whole new set of starters. Um, you know, if you think about it, they really haven't had a big name there since Vontez Perfect, and you know, we all know how that kind of ended up uh, a few years back. But you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a really good fit um, because you know, not only are you obviously getting a, a really good player, obviously Logan's accolades kind of speak for themselves, but. Uh, you know, it is. I think they're trying to go a little bit younger, um, and so to have a young team, but also have guys with strong leadership qualities, I, I think is something they were going for. And and Logan fits that as well as you know, I would say probably any player in the draft. People follow him, and you know, it is it is going to be kind of weird, you know, watching him, you know, play against like Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, it, 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 that, that's, that's going to be kind of the moment it hits me, uh, you know, when I see him on the field, you know, dropping back coverage against those guys. But, um, you know, I, I, I've said this. I think that he's, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, uh, but that dude's going to play in the NFL for a decade and play really, really well. I have, I have no doubts on that because he's just, he's too smart. He's, he, he's just too good all around not to be successful. Yeah, I think if you don't think he's going to have a 10-plus year career in the NFL, you're in the minority right now. Going to the other Wyoming draftee, Cash, were you surprised that he was taken in the sixth round by the New England Patriots? Yeah, I mean, you know, I it, it's funny because I was just sort of kind of casually watching the draft on, on Saturday because you know, there's always a chance that someone gets taken. But I thought, you know, it was going to be someone like Elijah Halliburton. Uh, you know, first team all Mountain West safety led the nation tackles as a defensive back. Uh, so I was like, okay, maybe you know he'll get taken the seventh or something, or maybe Cooper off or you know something like that because that's around when kickers will get taken. But uh, when I saw, I think I saw it in a tweet first because Twitter's always a little bit before uh, you know they announce it, and I think I saw Sean Chambers tweet something, and I was like, I was like, what is he talking about? 
And then I looked it up and I saw that the Patriots took cash. And uh, I was shocked and I ran upstairs to my computer uh, and started making calls and texting people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised, but I've kind of always been a little bit surprised that cash hasn't gotten more uh, notoriety because, you know, obviously he's played in the shadow of Logan for, you know, four years, but uh, he's a really good player in his own right. You know, started 38 games, made a lot of tackles. He's a really good athlete. Uh, I think his pro day performance is what really made him because, you know, he wasn't invited to the combine. And uh, he, there were rumors he ran around like a four or five something, uh, you know, while he's pro day. And, and he looked really good in drills. Uh, I know the Patriots were there. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know if, if he got drafted, if Wyoming wasn't able to, if, if Wyoming hadn't had its pro day. And, and so, you know, that was like right before everything kind of got shut down. So I, you know, I, I really do think that if that probably doesn't happen, he probably, it isn't taking the sixth round, but um, you know, he's a player. I think he's going to stick around, you know, if nothing else on special teams, um, cause he's, he's a good athlete. He's aggressive and um, he's experienced. And I, and I know that the Patriots like that combination of things. You touched a little bit about Elijah Halliburton there. Isn't it kind of, isn't it kind of crazy? I think it is. I mean, that he hasn't been signed with the that he hasn't signed with a team yet. Yeah, I, you know, I, because I, the way I usually look at it is, you know, not everybody gets drafted. I guess at that, but usually within a couple hours, they're on a team. You know, the, the free agency is just wild after the draft ends. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I am surprised that he hasn't been picked up or at least gotten, you know, a training camp invite or or anything like that yet um you know i know that he only you know he played a little bit uh the year before um due to injuries but i mean he was awesome this year and you know first team all conference safeties uh you know usually find their way into uh you usually find their way onto a team one way or another so it is a a, a little bit weird because you know i i don't know what he what his 40 time was you know at wyoming's pro day obviously you know he's another guy that wasn't invited to the combine but he was extremely productive and it, you know it always seemed like he was in the right place at the right time when he was on the field so i i, I am surprised that uh you know he hasn't gotten that chance yet but i i would expect him to you know in, in the next few days one way or another but uh i i'd be lying if i said i wasn't a, a little bit shocked that it hasn't happened yet yeah, I think a lot of people are um, kind of talking about that free agency period, you know, after the draft, whatever. Tyler Hall signed with Falcons. I think maybe his versatility might be his best trait. Do you see his versatility as being his best shot at making the Falcons roster? Yeah, I mean, with with him, yeah, he was uh, he played in one of the postseason All Star games, I think, with the NFL Players Association Bowl or whatever it is, one of the smaller ones, but still something. So he, he got a little bit of exposure there. Um, you know, he was very solid as, as a corner over his career. But, you know, his return stats were, I, I mean, I think what kind of got the Falcons looking at him. I mean, he ran in like a four three eight at Wyoming's pro day. Uh, he's not the biggest dude on earth, but, you know, he's fairly stout. Um, and he's an explosive guy. And so, I you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be an NFL corner, but, uh, I, I think that teams are always looking for guys who can return and, and if nothing else, offer, uh, you know, versatility at a bunch of different positions. Um, and so I, I really do think that's why he was signed so quickly because, I mean, I think it was within like an hour of the draft ending that the Falcons picked him up. 
you know, I, I know running fast is really important and, and he did that, but being able to do a lot of different things, uh, including, you know, special teams, I think made him attractive. Obviously, uh, spring football was canceled. We all know that. How do you think that will impact the upcoming college football season? You think it's going to have a big impact or? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really struggling to like think what next season or this season is going to look like because, you know, I mean, usually the beginning of the year is kind of sloppy anyway for teams because they're kind of finding their groove and, you know, you might have new guys in, you know, new positions, all that kind of thing. But, you know, and that's with, you know, several months of, of getting ready. And so <laughs> I I honestly, I, I can't imagine the product is going to look particularly attractive when it does get back out there. You know, if it sounds like if, you know, there were to be a season, they won't get started until like, you know, July. So, you know, you're, you know, three, four months behind the eight ball there. And, and who knows what that's going to look like, uh, you know, when it, if, if and when it does come back. So, uh, I don't imagine it's going to be a, uh, a particularly great form of football to watch. Uh, I don't imagine anyone's going to be break a lot of, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of Joe Burrow kind of seasons uh, just in terms of, you know, eye popping because there's just not going to be reps uh, in, in practice and whatnot. But it is going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, at this point, you know, they – I, I would watch a JV football game. I don't care what it looks like. Just just give me something. Just give us football, NCAA. That's all we want. That's all we're asking for here. That's all we really need when it comes down to it. Speaking of the NCAA, though, their board of governors earlier today said that they were making a move toward possibly allowing student-athlete compensation for endorsements and promotions. How do you think if that were to go into effect would it impact the University of Wyoming? Selfishly, the first thing I thought about was maybe they'll finally bring back the NCAA football games because that's where my head has been at for like six years. That's all I've wanted. So that was my first thought. But, you know, just in terms of of, of what the NCAA is, yeah, I, I mean, I always take everything they kind of do with a, a grain of salt because you know, they say a lot of things and they don't always, you know, come through. But, you know, I, I think that, it's an opportunity for, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a little bit on balance, perhaps, because, you know, I think that bigger schools are going to have, you know, their players are going to have bigger opportunities. So I, I don't know if it necessarily helps Wyoming a whole bunch, but I, I think any opportunity to, you know, kind of get uh, you know, marketing uh, for individual players, I, I think if nothing else, it's, it's something else that could get, you know, someone on campus. And if they see an opportunity to be, you know, the face or whatever it may be. Um, I, I do think that, you know, it, it might be a factor for, for, for kids, but I mean, ultimately I, I think as with most things the NCAA does, I think it benefits the bigger schools. Cause I mean, they're the ones that are going to have the biggest names and they're going to have the ability to, to market people best. That's fair. I think that, possibly Wyoming might have an advantage given that there are a lot of people in the state who love University of Wyoming and they think that you know x certain athlete is the should be the face of their car dealership I don't know but we'll see how that plays out let's wrap it up with this question here you touched on NCAA football 
are you choosing USC or or who are, who's your go to team on NCAA football? Well, okay, so the way it basically went was, so I mean, I when I was a kid, or I say kid, but like when I was in high school, uh, SU was like you know that was Reggie Bush liner, uh, so choosing SC was like a really easy choice back in the day, and then SC kind of got bad when Carroll left. Um, and so I would I would use SC, but I would also I, – I love using re-option teams. So, like, using Johnny Manziel's Texas A&M teams was a lot of fun. If you remember, uh, like, way back when Pat White's uh, West Virginia teams with Steve Slayton, used to use those a lot. Uh, I hate to say it, but I used to use Texans with Vince Young, which hurts me still. But, but I you know, I, I mean, honestly – I like SC's offense now because, you know, they run an air raid, so I think they'd probably be a lot of fun in the video game. But it would be hard not to choose, like, Ohio State or something like that because that offense is just really, really fun. And they're, I'm going to be honest, they're better than SC, so I think I'd have a chance, a, be- a better chance of improving my coaching record with them than I would with uh, my good old Trojans. Yeah, Ohio State is pretty stacked. I I get where you would go. That's like using the Warriors, though, if you're playing 2K. I'll I'll let it slide. Yeah, but yeah, but at this point, like I I'm I'm not I'm not too big to admit that I I in this situation I I I'm okay being a front runner. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, thanks for joining us, Michael. Really appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again here probably pretty soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, our thanks to Michael Katz for joining us here on the podcast. We really appreciate him and his time and for sharing it with us. He'll definitely be on the podcast going forward a lot. We're going to be talking, you know, Wyoming Cowboy football, and nobody covers Wyoming football better than Wyo Sports, and he's the beat writer for Wyo Sports, so what better place to talk about Wyoming football then on the Wild Sports Podcast with the Wild Sports Cowboy Football Beat Writer. We continue on with this podcast, though, talking Denver Broncos draft. The Broncos had a pretty good draft, I'd say, overall. I was a little surprised that John Elway didn't take a QB who could double as a small forward in the NBA due to his height, but that's just me. So... I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on it. I know Robert does. Robert's been a Broncos fan his entire life. You know, he uh, he just flat out loves the Broncos. And his fandom was teetering, I know, when Joe Flacco was the quarterback. But Drew Locke has brought him back. You know, he's been his version of the Messiah. He's He's reeled him in. Like you would reel in a trout, uh, you know, on some river in Wyoming. I'm I'm not sure what river you would be fishing. I'm not a good fisherman. I'm better at drinking those Miller Lights in the cooler. Uh, <laughs> first question here: What was your level of excitement when Jerry Judy was the name called? Well, David, my level of excitement when Jerry Judy popped up on the screen as. 15th overall pick by the Denver Broncos. It was, I was excited. I can't lie. I did a couple fist pumps, you know, hyped up. Good time. Good time. This Broncos offense is going to be explosive. 
to what it's looking like. Speaking of explosiveness, in the second round, the Broncos followed up their pick of a wide receiver in the first round with another wide receiver, K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Were you scratching your head when they went back-to-back receivers, or, or are you happy for Drew Locke? What exactly is going through your mind at that point? I was lightly scratching my head to begin with. I'm not going to lie. Then I thought about it for a few seconds. Deep thought. Um, do you want to make a bet? Do you want to make a wager? You know I'm always down to make a wager. I'll bet you $100 KJ Hamler is better than Henry Ruggs. What's the the metric in terms of determining better? Fantasy football points. All right, fantasy football points in the 2020 season. Who has more? Who has more fantasy football points? And I've got Ruggs, and you've got Hamler. Do you yeah, I'll take like Ruggs? I'll take that All bet. Right. I'll take that bet unless you want rugs. No way. You want no what part a, of rugs in fantasy in 2020. So glad the Raiders drafted him. What a thumbs down pick, huh? Probably. Are we talking PPR here or what? Doesn't matter. All right. PPR. I've got rugs. I don't know why I had to side with the Raiders on this. And you've got Hamler. Man, I don't know if I trust Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, but here I am putting my wallet where my mouth is. What's the wager? I already told you. 100 bones. 100 bones. All right. I got 100 bones, hopefully by the end of the 2020 NFL season, extra in my pocket because you're going to lose this bet. No way. Absolutely. Hamler's going to be there. Nope. Next Tyreek Hill on the field. You think K.J. Hamler is and not Henry Ruggs? The instant replay, the camera can't even keep up with the guy when he's running down the sideline. K.J. Hamler, that is. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Ruggs is Tyreek Hill. He's Tyreek Hill from Alabama instead of from uh, Georgia, I think is where Tyreek Hill is from. Uh, We'll see. Any other thoughts about the rest of the Broncos? Draft picks, though? Got any thoughts on those, David? Like I said earlier, I'm just very surprised that they didn't take a quarterback at all. And I haven't heard them link to one in uh, undrafted free agent signings. Have you? Yeah, David. Looks like no QB in sight for the Broncos. Undrafted, obviously. Looks like they're not talking anymore. They're going to sign anyone. They're going to stick with Drew Lott. Goes to show their confidence in Drew Locke, their hope of him becoming a franchise quarterback here. How do you feel about the Broncos drafting Albert Okwug Bunam? I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Ogubakam or something, something along those lines. He should pair up well with Noah Fant. Noah Fant was a surprisingly good rookie tight end, especially when you compare him to his college teammate, TJ Hawkinson, who went earlier than him in the draft. And he put Hawkinson to shame, honestly. Fant was a really good 
really good receiving option for Locke. And with those wide receivers on the outside now, you got Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and Jerry Judy. And then on the other side of the line, potentially Albert O. Let's just go with O for now. And then in the backfield, you got guys like Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and Melvin Gordon. The offense is ready to explode. It's absolutely should be popping off. So I, th- I think he complements the offense very well. Absolutely. And Grulock's favorite target at Missouri. Gotta love that pairing. Did you realize Cortland Sutton is the slowest of the Broncos receiving corps? That's pretty remarkable when you really including, think about it. Including tight ends. Including tight ends. Yes. Wow. Maybe that means you have a shot. You could really, you know, hit an open tryout. <laughs> Let's finish up the Broncos draft questions. Final question here for you, Robert. Were you disappointed at all that they didn't take C.D. Lamb since they had the chance to take Judy or C.D. Lamb? I can't say I was just because I think when you look at it, Judy is probably the more ready NFL receiver. And I say that because of his route running. His route running, and he's just smarter on the field. It seems like C.D. Lamb was kind of the big-time player, you know. Catch the ball, make a few moves, he's gone. Jerry Judy will break defenders down, get open, and he'll be a nice big target out there for Drew Lock. Yeah, it's fair. CeeDee Lamb was definitely known for making huge plays in college. He was a game-breaker, that's for sure. Not that Jerry Judy can't do that himself, but definitely some of CeeDee Lamb's stats might be propped up by those big plays. We shall see this season. You and I have a nice little wager going. Who's going to have more fantasy points during the next NFL season? Henry Ruggs. Or KJ Hamler for a hundred bones. I've got rugs. You've got Hamler. I'm sure we'll be checking in on that, giving you weekly updates on where each guy's at. The only thing that concerns me about that there is the Broncos have so many more weapons now than the Raiders do. So a little uh concerned about that, but I'm still willing to go through with it. It's how confident I am that Hamler will be better than Ruggs. You got to put your money where your mouth is. You know, you got to support your boys. I will take the Raiders. They are not my boys. But Henry Ruggs, I, f- I feel like we have a connection now. We have a stronger bond for sure. Stronger bond, you and Ruggs? Yeah. He's he's now my favorite receiver in the NFL because I have 100 bones on him personally. I feel and like you- Mark Davis, okay? Like, my future is tied up in Henry Ruggs the same way Mike Mayock and John Gruden's future is. And you're going to draft him with your first-round selection, right? In the fantasy football draft. If I could swap out another rookie ride receiver for Henry Ruggs in this wager, I mean, I might go C.D. Lamb. But other than that, I think it's fair to say that Henry Ruggs will for sure have more fantasy points than... KJ Hamler. I guess we'll wait and see. Just like to make things exciting, you know? It's always fun to make things more exciting. 
and we will have to wait and see. The NFL season is far too long away. I, I just wanted to come next week, you know. I mean, I might even settle for flag football or something. Anything next week on my TV that's not Netflix or Hulu. But that's wishful thinking. Well, we really appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope you guys will be back next week. We also appreciate Michael Katz from Wyo Sports for joining us. He'll be on in the future, like we said, many, many times. So looking forward to many more conversations with him. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. That's how more of your friends can know about the podcast, as well as, you know, we can get this thing out there. It's a lot of fun doing this podcast. I know I'm having fun. I know Robert is hanging in there with me. (laughs) But uh, we really enjoy doing this thing, and if you guys want to support the podcast, click the link in the description and donate at redcircle.com so Robert and I can maybe, you know, enjoy a few Miller Lights, one or two, see what's happening, catch up with you guys. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. David Graff, M-R-D-A-V-I-D-G-R-A-F, and Robert at R-M-U-N-O-Z-307. He's always representing the 307, folks. He's got that square on his chest. All he needs is a tattoo to make it official. Shout out to Shakewell for the music, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Shout out any suggestions, baby